if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome to a conference finals preview of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs 2022 conference finals set ready to go we have tampa bay and the new york rangers in the east and then we have the colorado avalanche and the edmonton oilers in the west recording this about 30 minutes before a little over a little under or over 30 minutes before uh the colorado edmonton game one matthews Zator joins me for the preview here you can follow him at matthews Zator sc on twitter hockeywriters.com nhl draft all of that uh, Matthew, thank you for joining me. How you doing? Oh, thanks for having me again. It's been, I'm doing good. It's uh, playoffs are into its final stages here, so it's fun uh, and some great matchups in the, both the West and the East this time. Yeah, I would say these matchups certainly uh, aren't boring. I think that's uh, <laughs> definitely not something that could be said. Which there was a, a possibility that it could have been that way, but um, for me, my predictions, I, I had Edmonton, Colorado. I had Florida, Carolina, so I was I was two for two in the West, zero for two in the East. Um, kind of expected to not go perfect, but you know I'll take what I can get there. Uh, we'll start in the Western Conference, Edmonton, Colorado. You obviously have the names. You have Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Leon Drysidle. Some really, really, really high end talent playing in this series. Um, from an offensive perspective. It's this is a hard call because there's regular season, there's a postseason, it's two different things, obviously. And what we've seen from what Edmonton's been doing in the postseason has been extremely impressive. Uh, but from an offensive perspective, who do you give the edge to in this matchup? Oh wow, yeah, the, this one's gonna be, <laughs> this gonna be, uh, it's gonna be an interesting matchup. I don't know, like I, I there seems to be, um, you know, both have high powered offenses. I think that's the biggest. Um, thing you're going to come out of this one. It's, I think it's going to come down to goaltending um, because both have stars, both have good. Uh, I mean, their defenses, maybe Colorado has the edge, but without Gerard, it's, it's going to be tough, but um, yeah, it, it's going to, I say right now, the offense, I think the edge still goes to Colorado because they've, I think they got a little more depth than Edmonton, but um, this is going to be a fun matchup. I think it's going to be a really tight, depending on which goaltender shows up. Yeah, I think for me, as of right now, I like Edmonton a little bit more just because of how well McDavid and Dreisaitl have played. They both mm-hmm. have 26 points, and the third leading scorer in the playoffs after those two at 26 is Mika Zibanejad at 19. So there's a big difference there. And I kind of like after McDavid and Dreisaitl in this playoffs, what other guys the Oilers have been doing, whether it's Zach Hyman or Evander Kane or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, um, a little bit more than what we've seen from guys like you know, Landeskog and cadre has been good, uh, but kind of, I, I kind of like what Edmonton's done from a forward perspective and scoring, you know, Kane's got 12 mm-hmm. goals in this playoff. So I, I give a slight edge to Edmonton, even though I think Colorado at their peak can be better because of the depth, but they really haven't shown it that much. True. Uh, they showed yeah. it a lot more against Nashville, who is just kind of a pushover for them. 
than they did against the Blues. But um, I give it slightly to Edmonton. Like you said, defensively, I think it's Colorado, whether Gerard's there or not, which he won't be. I just think McCarr and Taves are so much better than anything Edmonton has. Um, so I think that's kind of a an easy pick there to go with Colorado. Then from a goaltending perspective, it's like <laughs> Mike Smith can be good, but man, he lets up he lets out some ugly ones. We saw the Rasmus Anderson one, obviously. That was just horrific. Uh Colorado, I think it's a little shaky too. Kemper up and down. I, I don't think that I think it's kind of a polar opposite in that these teams rely much both of these teams rely much less on goaltending than the other two in the other series do. Yeah. So I still think I'll take Darcy Kemper over Mike Smith. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I have to agree. Although Mike Smith, he's he's just such an interesting guy. I mean, the thing is, like, he can let in those crap, you know, like gold that, like you mentioned there, and he can make ridiculous saves too. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, those puck playing abilities as well. I mean, you know, Colorado's not going to get be able to get on the forecheck unless they dump it into a place where he can't get to, because you know he'll go out there and grab it. Um, you know, so Colorado is going to have to be mindful of where they dump the puck in because that could negate what they like to do. Um, although the Avalanche play a lot on the rush, so they may not dump it in as much. They may try to just, you know, skate it in a lot of the time. So that may not come into play, but when they do dump it in, um, they should keep it away from Smith. But I, I do give it to Kemper though, because the fact of, he doesn't let in those stinkers and he's not one of those guys that would, although, I mean, he wasn't that good. So, I mean, really both goaltenders haven't been at the top of their game yet. So maybe Smith a bit more towards the end of that series against Calgary, but yeah, it's going to be, I think a toss up between the two because both aren't, like you said, they don't rely on their goaltending. They're not all stars. They're more that, you know, solid starters, but they're not the guys that are in the next series we're going to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah. I think Mike Smith kind of reminds me of flurry, except not as good. Like he'll, <laughs> he'll sprawl out a lot. He'll like flurry's given up some really ugly ones, but at the end of the day, he can make some big saves when he needs to, but Mike Smith to a lesser degree than flurry, of course, um, player to watch for both teams. And I think this is an interesting conversation because there's so many different players that aren't oh, talked about. Yeah after the stars up front. And I think one of those guys for the Oilers would be Zach Hyman, like what he's mm-hmm. done for them all season. And I think a lot of people looked at that contract last off season. And they were like, that's too much. Like the, the term is, is insane, which I think still could come up later down the road. But if McDavid and Dreisaitl are still there and he can play on one of those guys wings, if they split them up, like he's going to be successful. Like we've seen tons of very, uh, I, I would say random wingers, play with McDavid or play with Dreisaitl and they'll put up points like Pat Maroon had his best season playing in Edmonton um, with McDavid. And I think that that affects the market too, with those guys when they come you know, out of there, like they're not going to get paid as much because of the fact they're playing with McDavid. So um, Hyman's a guy I look at for Edmonton. Then for Colorado, I look at Devon Taves, who is a very, very good player and kind of overshadowed a little bit by Kale McCarr, rightfully so though, because McCarr is just like, you know, a monster, but Devon Taves is very, very good, like in every way. And I think that's a tough trade for the Islanders to make, to to give up on him, or I guess it's kind of the way Lamarillo operates. And they also mm-hmm. still have a very deep blue line with the Islanders uh, coming up, maybe not as much on the left side as they do on the right side, but uh, Devon Taves is somebody to watch. So I, I think Hyman and Taves would be my two guys. Uh, who do you look at? 
Well, on Edmonton's side, I'm going to look at uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And mm-hmm. uh, he he had a really good, you know, he had those two goals in game uh, four. Is it four? Yeah, game four. And, uh, you know, he's going to be key. The thing is, is everyone's going to key on McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're going to make sure that and Kane and Hyman. They're all those guys have come to play in these playoffs. So Colorado is going to try to shut them down. Um, Nugent Hopkins can fly under the radar and he's, you know, he's a skilled player. Uh, he can kind of, he's playing on the second line, uh, depending on how they align kind of, you know, things and with Pooley RV and that, but you know, Pooley RV is another one I'm going to, I'm looking at too, but the biggest one I think is Nugent Hopkins because he can be that, you know, he's a first overall pick. We can see how skilled he is. Um, you know, he could kind of be that guy that can score some key goals. So, Nugent Hopkins for me on Edmonton side, uh, Colorado, I'm, I'm looking at their depth, like, you know, the JT Confers, those types of guys. So I'm going to look at JT Confer in this one as well, because they're going to need their depth to come. And again, you know, make, you know, Nathan McKinnon will have his chances, Landis Cog, guys like that. Um, and by extension, you know, I'll talk about one star, those Miko Rantanen, who hasn't really come into, you know, into be a factor at all really in the playoffs yet. He has an empty net goal. So, I mean, that's not much when you're relied upon as your top line guy. He has, what, 11 11 points, but there are most of the assists. So he's got to start scoring. Um, You know, Miko Rantanen. So I think Rantanen is the guy to watch in this series. So um, just because he's supposed to be scoring and he hasn't been yet. Yeah, I think those are good picks. Um which is amazing that it just shows how good Colorado is that they could get through by Nashville easily. And then they outplayed the blues in most of that series and, and Ranton and really hasn't done anything. So yeah. I think that's huge for them. Uh, okay. Series pick. I am going with the Colorado avalanche in six. Um, I just think that they're, they're, they're on a run and they, they kind of feel like almost, I don't know if they're a team of destiny to win the cup, but you knew they were going to get this far at some point, And I don't think they're going to, you know, miss out on that opportunity yet. And I think this will kind of show Ken Holland that he needs to make a few changes in the off season. They still got to yeah. get better on the back end. They still got to, you know, find a goal center of the future because Mike Smith is like 48 years old. So <laughs> I think, I believe Koskinen's a free agent as well. So they got to figure that out, but I think the avalanche get this done. I think this series, hopefully it's not one of those ones where we're like, this is going to be incredible. And then turns out to what the Tampa Florida series was. I hope that that doesn't happen. Um, I think this series needs to be on par of the electricity of the Edmonton Calgary series that only somehow ended in five, but (laughs) it was a very, very fun series to watch. So I'm hoping it's like that. I think uh, Colorado wins game one tonight. I think they win the series in six. Yeah. um, It's a tough one. And I think it does go at least six, but so my pick, I'm going to go abs in six too, um, because I know a lot of the reasons what you said, you know, the thing is, is I think Colorado has just a little bit of an edge in the fact that it seems like I know Connor McDavid's been awesome. I mean, he's been probably the best, well, he has been the best player in the playoffs. Um, but Colorado, I think can keep pace with them. And I think their defenseman can keep pace with them. So I don't think he's going to dominate as he did against that flames because the flames defense was just, and I still say this, they were slow. Um, their defense is slow. They don't really have anyone that can really keep up with McDavid while they, while on Colorado, they got McCarr, who's probably one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL. So um, if anyone can keep up with McDavid, it's him. 
And, uh, you know, Devon Taves, like you mentioned, they've been a great pairing throughout since De- Taves came there. So um, they're probably going to be the matchup against McDavid. And um, I think McDavid's not going to be as dominant as he was against the Flames. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Avalanche in six and, um, and McDavid's not going to put up as many points as he did before. Yeah, it's not the, it's not the end all be all legacy series for these guys, but it's going to be a pretty big deal uh, between McKinnon and McDavid for who moves on. So that'll be yes. interesting to watch. Uh, on to the other one, which begins Wednesday. Um, that's on ESPN The in, in the U.S., uh, the Oilers Avalanche on TNT, of course. Um, the Rangers and the Lightning. Didn't think we'd see this matchup. You could have convinced me that the Lightning would be here. The Rangers, not so much. There's a lot of things to be said about the Rangers. They haven't really faced a starting goaltender, which is, you know, true. But they're still here, and that's all that matters, I think. Uh, but let's start with this matchup on the offensive end. This is a tough one because I really, really like what both teams have up front. Um, I think if you if you look at the Rangers, like Panarin, and Panarin has not been his best in this playoffs by any stretch, and they're still here, I think that's a big deal. Um, I think we've seen a lot of growth from guys like Lafreniere, um, and Strom's a good player. And like I said, Zabinajad has 19 points. He's third in in the uh, in the playoffs and that but then you look at the other side you got these these veterans who have been there and done that steven stamkos nikita kucherov um i it doesn't look like Braden point's going to be there to start the series which i think is a big big deal for how great of a playoff performer he is so i think all of those things considered i think the rangers have a slight edge in the offensive end um because i'm going to rely on guys like panarin and zabinajad and strome and those guys to get it done up front but i think it's a very very close call but i'll give the rangers an edge which is on the offensive end. What do you think? Yeah, again, this is a tough matchup. Uh, The offensive, but both sides have come to play in their respective series, you know, uh, especially in the second round. You're looking at, like, Kutrov started putting up points. Uh, Stamkos was as usual. I mean, he wasn't just scoring. He was stopping. You know, he was blocking shots, too. So, uh, you know, all these guys are putting their body into harm's way, you know, to stop goals. So, um, you know, on the offensive side, I, I think the Rangers have a bit more of an edge because of how recent their, their production has been, you know, the lightning have been off for a while, so it's not fresh. Um, while you're going to move Rangers going to move right into this series with, uh, it's a Benajad of red hot, like you mentioned, those 19 points, he, he's got, I don't know how many goals in the last few games. So he's been scoring at a, you know, big, you know, big clip here. So you know what? I think the Rangers have an edge just because of that recent success that they've had. So they're just going to be able to kind of just move into this series with that confidence. And, um, but on paper, I think they're pretty even, but just because of that, they'll have a little bit of an edge because of the confidence. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, in terms of defense and goaltending, I, I think it's the lightning in both because I think their defensive core is kind of like playoff built. Hedman, Sergachev, Chernak, uh, those guys are warriors. And I think that they're just better built for the playoffs. I think the best defenseman in the series is still Victor Hedman, but I think Adam Fox is great. Um, I still like what the Rangers have on the blue line, but I think Tampa's there. And simply, uh, Shesterkin, best regular season goaltender, no doubt, but it's a different Vasilevsky in the playoffs. And you showed it against Florida, not so much against Toronto, but I think that 
this is probably a building block because he was getting better and better in the Florida series only allowed what three goals. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take Vasilevsky over Shesterkin and I'm going to take the Tampa defense over uh, the Rangers defense. Do you agree with that? I do. I agree on that for sure. Because the thing is, like you said, with Vasilevsky, he's, he just has so much experience and those elimination games are just like those stats we've thrown out. It's ridiculous of how many games he's won and how many he's had one goal in all those elimination games. So uh, he just comes to play when he needs to. And, you know, the Rangers are going to have to break through that. And I think, I don't know if they can, um, you know, Vasilevsky has just has that air about him. And Alsha Sturkin, I mean, I think he can definitely get there. You know, he has that same type of swagger and, you know, when he gets confident, he's nearly unbeatable. And that's what Vasilevsky is when he's up at the top of his game. He's probably one, one of, if not the best goaltender in the, in the world. So um, this ain't Shesterkin is, no, Vasilevsky is still the best goaltender in the world right now. Um, so, I mean, Shesterkin can probably take the young, the best young, young goalie, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> uh, Vasilevsky is still the best. And I think that's what's going to show in this series as well. On uh, defense, I believe so too. I mean, Hedman, again, has been there. Uh, he's probably one of the best go- defensemen in the league. Uh, he plays a ton. I mean, Fox does too, and he, he's really good. But uh, so this is going to be a fun matchup to see these two defensemen go against each other because they're both going to be playing like half the game. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I, I, although I think the lightning solved that depth and that experience uh, um, on defense, I think is going to come through. All right. Players to watch in the series. I'm going to keep it simple. Um, Lafreniere is definitely a guy to watch for the Rangers, his growth and how good he can become. I think this experience is great for him as a former number one overall pick. Um, he's definitely emerged a lot quicker than what we've seen from Capo Caco, which I, that's just the way it is. That's the way the draft is. You never really know. We'll get into some draft stuff later on before we end this. Um, but then the other side, a guy that I've always really, really liked, especially in playoffs is Anthony Sorelli. Like mm-hmm. you talk about best two way forwards. I think he's going to be in that conversation for many years. Um, I don't know if he'll reach a Bergeron level. Probably not. But I think he can be, you know, consistent production and leadership like Ryan O'Reilly or or Mark Stone, those types of guys. I think he's there. Um, and I think he's a future probably multi-Selkie winner. I think eventually he can get there. Uh, but I just really, really love watching him play. And I think he's a perfect fit for the for a playoff team and, and a team that's in the playoffs every year, which is Tampa. And him needing to produce more without points is going to be a big deal and it's going to be something to watch for them. So I'm going to go with uh, Alexi Lafreniere and Anthony Sorelli as my two players to watch. Who are you going with? Well, on the Rangers, I'm going to go with Philip Heedle. Uh, he, he's one guy that's been, he's been on a tear too. Like he's been scoring quite a bit and he's on with Lafreniere and that line's been really good. So I, I'm, I'm watching Heedle to see if he can keep that going. Um, you know, we talked in the, you know, the preview for the lightning um, Florida series, you know, talking about um, Verhage and how great he was in the series before. And he just disappeared. Um, Heedle can't do that. He can't just disappear because the Rangers need, uh, need that depth scoring to get through the lightning because the lightning will have it too. And on the lightning side, um, I'm looking at Corey Perry again, because he's just, he just seems to step up in the playoffs um, he's, you know, he's determined again, he wants to win a cup and second one after, you know, he won it when he was really young. Um, he wants to win one. And it seems like he just keeps trying different teams. And I think the lightning are the T is the team he's going to 
finally do it with. Um, but you know, he's just been, he's been so good in the playoffs and I think he's going to be good again. Um, so Perry and, uh, Heedle are my two players to watch there. Who do you think wins the series? I'm going lightning. I'm going lightning in seven in this one. Um, it's going to go long. I think both sides have the ability to beat each other. Um, Rangers had the edge in the season series. They were three and oh, um, Shesterkin was ridiculous there, but you know, season series doesn't really mean much when it gets to this point. And Vasilevsky just turns into a superstar goaltender in the playoffs. So, um, I'm going with the lightning in seven and, um, have the lightning back in the Stanley cup final. I'm going to be a big enough idiot to pick against the lightning for the third time. Um, I'm taking the Rangers in seven. I, 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 I have a feeling about this Rangers team that they're either going to get there and win it all or get there and lose, but I think they're going to get there. I don't know why I feel like with, with the amount of kind of, I don't know if I want to say luck, but like kind of the breaks they've gotten or kind of the breaks of a team that makes a deep run and you have to get some breaks to get there. And for the Rangers, you know, um, Crosby getting hurt in that elimination game. I think the Penguins probably win that game if Crosby's there the whole time because the life was taken out of the building in Pittsburgh and taken out of the team in Pittsburgh whenever Crosby went down in that game. And then obviously facing Louis Domingue, you know, who's not an NHL gold center. It's just, it's simple. And, and against Carolina, they, they caught the break of, uh, I'm not going to say Ronta because I think he was good enough for Carolina to win, but um, they caught the break of Carolina not being able to win a road game under any circumstances. Yeah. And uh, then they got it done. They beat him at home. So props to him for that. Uh, but I just think the Rangers have caught enough breaks to be a team. I think they're still a little bit ahead of schedule too. Like, I don't think they're going to win the cup. I think if the Rangers get out of the series, I don't think they beat Edmonton or Colorado. Um, but I think the Rangers are kind of a team that I could really see making a run. Now, this is my third time in a row this year picking against Tampa. So I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm still willing <laughs> to roll the dice. And I'll say it right now. If Tampa wins this series and gets to the cup, I'm still going to pick against them for the fourth time. And it's no disrespect, <laughs> but that's where I'm at right now. So I'm going to go Rangers in seven and we'll see. So uh, you have uh, Colorado Tampa, which a series that I think I picked three years ago, uh, the year that it was Tampa and in uh, Dallas. So um, yeah, I, I think that that's <laughs> like Tampa Vegas or Colorado Tampa has been a series in the making for quite some time. So that could be great for it to happen. I have New York and Colorado. And I think if that happens, I would take the abs and in five or six, but anyway, um, let's move forward a little bit before we end this here, 2022 draft. I know you're following it closely, obviously writing about it and all that stuff for the hockeywriters.com, Of course, um, just real quick, top five picks. Like I'm going to throw the team match in the top five, and you give me a name of who you think is going to go there. I think I, I probably know your answer to the number one pick, unless you are going against that. But the Montreal Canadiens, number one, who do you think they take? Shane Wright. Yeah. I mean, it, there's been talk about Yaroslav Kopsky and Logan Cooley and Nemec. You know, no, Shane Wright. You pick Shane Wright and run. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, real quick, like next year's draft, do you think Bedard is like another level? in terms of like a number one pick um, next year? Oh, he's more than another level. He's yeah. like generational Sidney Crosby uh, type. I mean, this guy's going to be amazing. So uh, Bedard's like hands down number one overall, but you know how many guys are in that 2023 draft? It's insane. There's could be yeah. first overall picks. Um, they're probably a first overall pick to be better. That's better than Shane Wright in there that's going to go third overall or something so <laughs> we'll see i mean that i know that bedard is like a guy that's looked at as like like you said that generational guy which 
will be great. Let's hope he doesn't end up in Arizona. Um, number two <laughs> pick, New Jersey. Well, I'm going Slavkovsky there. Uh, you know, they need wingers. They need some offense on that wing. Um, they got centerman. They don't need a Logan Cooley. Uh, they don't need guys like that. So I'm going Slavkovsky to the Devils. All right. Uh, I do like Cooley a lot, but I, I did. I think I tweeted after the lottery that Arizona would be a great uh, destination for Cooley if, if they can get him. Uh, where do you what do you think they do at number three? Yeah, it has to be Cooley. I mean, the thing is, he's, he, I, I love this guy. I mean, he's one of the best two way centermen in this draft. Um, he can he can do it all. I think. You know, I think the Devils would do well to pick him too, but I don't think they need him. I, you know, yeah, you say, you know, towards the top of the draft, you don't draft for need, but the thing is, Slavkovsky is going to be amazing too. So mm-hmm. you draft that guy. I think he's the best player available for the position that he's at. Um, you don't get wingers that big and that skilled and that mature um, to be, you know, so you draft him and go because you have two centermen or three, I think the devils have that uh, you're going to be building around. So I don't think they need a Cooley right now. Um, so Slavkovsky, but Cooley definitely Arizona needs a guy like that. And, and New Jersey has kind of been building up some of their core base of wingers in the draft. You look at Dawson Mercer and yeah. Alexander Holtz. Holtz. Yeah. yeah. So they've been doing that. I think uh, getting him would be a great addition there. And yeah, you got he and Hughes. You took those guys both number one overall in the last you know, six years or so. So yeah, you got to build around those guys, no doubt. Uh, number four, Seattle making their second first round selection um, in franchise history. They took uh, obviously Maddie Beneers last year at uh, number two or at number four. Who do you think the Kraken take? Well, I'm going to go against the mock draft that we, that just came out today on the hockey writers. Uh, Adam picked your check. I don't think so. You pick Simon Nemich. I mean, you know what? I mean, Yurichek is going to be a good defenseman, but he's he's no Nemec. And Nemec is just going to be so good. Probably going to be a top pairing defenseman for years to come. Uh, I think even though they don't really need a guy like I think they maybe need a guy like Yurichek better on their defense core, but they're still a young team. And I think they need a guy like Nemec to kind of build that defense core around. So I'm going Simon Nemec to uh, Seattle. All right, so they get a... Uh defenseman there after taking a center last draft uh okay number five interesting spot for them the philadelphia flyers um it's gonna be interesting to see how they approach this because i feel like and i'm looking at the hockeywriters.com mock draft right now from today and i see uh they have nimich going there because they obviously had your uh going at four but what do you think the flyers do do they go with like a you know, a Matthew Savoy or someone like that. What do you think the Flyers do? The Flyers are in a tough position right now. I mean, I think, you know, they, they are, I don't know. Like the thing is personally, I think they're going to trade it, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, not in this situation, they have it. So I got to pick someone. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with Savoy here because they, they need, I think they just need an injection of talent and Savoy just has that dynamic ability um, he may not fit a Philadelphia Flyers like if you think of a Philadelphia Flyers as those bruising centermen and Savoy's not that he's but he's one of the best like dynamic centermen that you're going to have. He's undersized, but uh, I think the Flyers need to go a different direction because clearly it hasn't worked of how they've done done it right now. Um, 
And I think Savoy would be a great pick here uh, for the Flyers if they don't trade it. But I think ultimately, I think this pick is going somewhere else. Okay, let's look real quick here at maybe some possible sleepers in this draft. Um, Some of these names are very difficult, I have to say, which is kind of the the case with every draft. Um, I don't know if it's – is it Lambert or Lambert? Brad Lambert. Okay, now he's a guy – I remember looking – like you look at the early mock drafts, same thing kind of happened with Atu, Ratu, Ratu, Rati, whatever you want to say with him, but how far he fell. Lambert, I felt like, was a guy that was kind of looked at maybe number two after right, or maybe the number two centerman after right. Uh, what do you think about him? Cause he's going, he, they have him going 13th to the Islanders on this mock draft. Well, Brad, like I've said a lot on prospect corner about uh, Brad Lambert. Like he's, he's uh he's very polarizing. So, I mean, the guy that's like, you look down different draft boards, you got guys, you got him in the top 10, you got him in the top 20, you got him sometimes in the second round, like, uh, it's interesting. I don't know where he's going to go. I think he's going to be one of those guys that are just going to be very unpredictable where he ultimately ends up because he's got so much talent, but he's been very inconsistent. Um, you know, since he kind of burst onto the scene in the world juniors, he looked really good, kind of went down. He's been on a bad team and then he gets traded and he's on, you know, it's, it's been tough. So I think, He's got the talent to be a first round pick. And I think he ultimately does end up being a first round pick. I think he still goes in the top 15 um, ultimately, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him drop into the second round. Look at what happened to Atu Ratu. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what Brad, where Brad Lambert goes, but I think whoever gets him is getting a heck of a player because he was talked about to be in the top three at one point. So, yeah. Um, all right. Let me throw another name at you here. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous name, um, Jagger Furcus, <laughs> who's a right winger, Moose Jaw Warriors, the Western Hockey League. Uh, the HockeyRadge.com has him going 21st, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, I'm trying to remember correctly um, from last year's mock drafts or early mock drafts, he seems like a guy that's maybe rising up the boards a little bit. Would that be, would that be correct? Yes. Um, he was ready to supposed to be going the second round a lot of the early um, boards. So, and he's jumped up since that, uh, you know, prospects game where he looked really good and he hasn't had a bad season. He's had one of the better seasons than the, you know, in the league too. So um, yeah, Fergus is going to jump. I think he's going to be a first round pick. I, I really see him going. He's probably not going to go in the top 15 or something like that, but I think you can see him going to the 20, 25 range. Um, he's going to be a heck of a player too, because I, I really like his competitive um, work ethic and he's got some skill. So, I mean, uh, whoever gets him is going to be, is going to be really happy. And I think first round, I believe he'll probably will go there. So um, in, in looking at this draft, it seems like the U S uh, national development program and some of the players from the U S it seems like another one of those very solid drafts in the first round for the u.s uh, how do you evaluate and look at some of the you know the prospects from the u.s national development because you remember uh the jack hughes draft had a lot of big time ones coming out so uh, how do you kind of view them right now with the u.s players that could go in the first round yeah the, i mean the u.s have a really strong um class i think you know you're looking at guys like frank nazar um you know logan cooley um Man, you go down the list. I mean, there's there's quite a few in this first round that 
probably will go in the first round. So um, again, strong class. You got Cutter Goche. Um, you know, just I'm just going down here. How many guys that are in this first round mock draft that are from the U.S.? Uh, you know, Isaac Howard, um, Rutger McGrady, Seamus Casey. You know, I mean, there's going to be quite a few again. And the the U.S. Um, national development team is really coming to play as being a big, big part of these drafts now. And um, you know, a lot of players are going there that I think that was really put out in the, in the COVID um, era there, because, you know, they, they played it really well. They didn't shut down. They had almost their whole seasons done. There weren't any big, you know, shutdowns and postponements and all that stuff that happened in the NHL and the WHL and all that got canceled seasons and stuff. Um, and their guys got developed. And I think, a lot of players are saying, okay, this is a big thing to do. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's been big. And that's where you're seeing all these guys coming from. Yeah, it's definitely very, very good for the game in the U.S. Um, okay, before we go, the Canucks pick at 15. Uh, who do you want them to take and who do you think they will take? <laughs> well, I want them to take the guy that I took in the mock draft. It was Denton Matejchuk. Um, You know, everyone kind of says, well, the Canucks need forwards. I think they need defense more. Um, and they have Quinn Hughes. They don't really have a lot else after that. Granted, they're not much on forward end either, but, um, you know, they could have gone, they could have gone other ways. There's been a lot of talk, um, that they're going to take a defenseman. Um, but there's also been talk like Mintukov's been mentioned, Connor Geeky, um, you know, guys like that. But I've learned to never predict what the Canucks can take because I never get it right because um, I may, I may say they need to pick this guy, but the Canucks just never pick guys that I think they're going to pick. So um, in terms of who I think they will, I'm really leaning towards a guy like Mintyukov because that name has been up quite a few times if he's available and I wouldn't be a bad pick. He's a good, really good defenseman. I just think Matejic has a bit more of a ceiling offensively. So um Regards who I want, I want Matejchuk, but I think they're going to pick a guy like Mintyukov or a Swede like Liam Ogren or, um, you know, in this trio that uh, the big trio, which I really, if Lakaramaki is at 15, you take him because, and I don't think he's going to drop that far, but um, I see that being what, um, what the Canucks do, but I'm never right. So don't take that with any <laughs> confidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, We'll try to squeeze squeeze one of these in before the Stanley Cup final preview that, and then we'll try to do something before the draft as well. Uh, Matthew, thank you for joining me. You can follow him on Twitter at Matthew Zatora SC, uh, hockeywriters.com, prospects, everything you need to know, it's on there. Uh, So we'll try to do another one of these soon, and we'll see you next time.